Blog Talk Radio. Well, welcome to our show, A Thousand Minds Talk, and we are back, and um, I think like a lot of people in this country and the world, we're, we're just uh, in daily shock and horror over um, what's happening today, what will happen tomorrow, and um, this is Trump time. And um, somebody this week said to me, well, we decided to burn the house down and see what happens. So, <laughs> um, so we're going to talk a little Trump. We're going to talk um, about some of the candidates. But the focus of our show is, is parenting. That's um, providing good homes or Supporting parents of LGBTQ youth in the foster care system, supporting LGBT parents who make the best parents. And we're going to talk a little bit about that. And then we're going to look at TV shows that we all know and love and model uh, parenting for better or worse and uh, um, have a little fun with that. So join us and this is a thousand moms talk. Well, welcome to our podcast. Podcast is a hot word, and uh, uh, joining us is our our friend and colleague, Dr. Ray. Working. Hey, Dr. Ray. Hey, great to be here, Dave. Yeah. Yeah, and Ray, I did it again. I we're gonna only have thirty minutes um, this time, which is I I just clicked the wrong button. I was not paying attention, and um, so we'll have to speak fast. That's that's all I can say. <laughs> <laughs> but so That'll let's work. get to it. Yeah, let's get to it. Um, uh. What did did you see, and what did you think of those uh, hearings on on uh, in Congress yesterday, uh, tearing apart Trump's ridiculous, stupid uh, acting Attorney General? Um, it just showed to me that the, uh, you know what a fraud this all is, and and finally somehow Democrats have a voice. And they just shredded this guy and um, reminded me a bit of Watergate. You know, uh, that hearing setting has a, has, a, has a real impact. And I hope uh, there's more to come. What do you think, Greg? Well, I had the same experience. Uh, it certainly shined a, a light on the Republicans and indicated how much they have protected um, Trump constantly, not to no one's surprise. Although I, I will say yeah. I, I never cease to be amazed the lack of man um, manhood or womanhood or leadership or whatever you want to call it that these Republicans have. They, they're so so weak and so lacking in, in a, with, of, you know, a moral compass. It's really sad. Yeah. And that, I don't know. <laughs> What in the hell 
happened two years ago. I, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm still in PTSD uh, about um, Hillary losing that election, and um, I think a lot of people are. And I, she did not lose it; it was stolen. Um, but uh, so, Ray, let's recap the the hideousness. Um, 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 we have. Um, um, I don't even know where to start. But that that whatever's going on down in Virginia is uh, really crazy. And and call me a um, conspiracy theorist. Uh, um, you can if you want. Um, but I think Putin has his hand in that too. I mean, how else do you mess up an an election and take down a whole party by um, getting your finger involved in that? I mean, I have no idea how that's going to wind up. But if to have three potential governors all all, all screwing around, all all in deep shit. Um, uh, that, that that's just bad. <laughs> I, I I just think Putin has his finger in it. I don't know how. I don't know why. But so that's um, that's sort of a sideshow. Um, then we have candidates running galore. Um, I I was interested in the. Well, I'm always interested in the LGBT candidate. Um, Ray, I don't know if you've seen him yet. Uh, the mayor of. Uh, South Bend, Indiana. Yes, I have. Huh. Yeah. Any thoughts? Well, I think he's a viable candidate, but you know, we're that's not going to happen. Um, of course, they say at this point in the uh, nineteen six, it's two thousand sixteen election process, uh, Trump had less than one percent of the vote and was given no chance at all. So. You know, if that's any indication, and it usually is, it's way too early to be getting any read on anybody. But I do think uh, when you're mentioning the Carolina situation, it's just the strangest thing how, you know, from yearbooks, and and, and I'm appalled by all this, so that's not where I'm going, but how various pieces of information, X, Y, and Z, and maybe X plus Y and plus Z, all appear at the most opportune times. It's just like they did with Agnew back in the day in October of 73. You know, suddenly all that information, that dirt in Maryland surfaced. And it was because they saw the inevitable um, removal of Nick of Nixon or, or Nixon's, re, you know, uh, became a resignation. It, it did, They had this people, they being people, people in power, people knew what the crap went on in Maryland and the dirt, and they waited and it was there to use. They could have used it in 68 when he was chosen for the VP candidate, but yeah. they, they let it ride on the table. It's like a gambling casino, and that's what's mm. happened here. And there where I think is where you say Putin has his finger on the button. You can bet he has... He has a library full of stuff on lots of these people, including Lindsey Graham and, and company. And uh, he's been stowing it away for a long time. He just accesses it when he needs it, and it's fed to the media and does its job. Yeah. And I think it's also interesting that uh, all of the candidates that have announced for the Democrats for president, uh, all except my friend and 
in uh, Indiana, but he, who knows what they'll dig up on him. Um, I hope nothing, but uh, I mean, Elizabeth Warren has got her problems with uh, Indian uh, Native ancestry, and uh, Amy Klobuchar's got her problems. Turns out she's kind of like a mommy dearest in the office. Um, and uh, Joe Biden's got some problems. Um, and goes uh, on and on. Our senator here, Kirsten Gillibrand, is is being looked at as a closet uh, gun supporter. And you know she denied it, but she did she did have that position in the past. And and uh, so anyway, it's it's, it's Trump madness. Um, it's sort of there must be some law of physics. Maybe entropy that you know when you have Trump in power. Well, there is a saying: everything he touches turns to turns to uh, uh, dust or dirt. Or <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's just yeah. the worst. <laughs> really, you can't make. I mean, the Sopranos was cleaner than him. The the you know the mob the Godfather was was was, was had more noble characters in it than than. His family. So, anyway, well, let's get to the fun part um, because uh, Ray, you, you you suggested this idea, and I, I I think it's always good for fun and informed information. Um, but you know, a thousand moms support LGBTQ youth families, and um, another report this week saying that LGBTQ Couples make the best parents, and um, I just intuitively know that's true. Um, but the data supports it, and we thought that uh, Ray, you brought this up, that we'd look at some TV families to sort of admire, or what, what are the what are the traits of parenting that we like? And you know, Fred Elia, president of a thousand moms, has always said, you know. You, but you don't you don't want perfection by any means in in a foster parent. Nobody's perfect. You actually want the quirkiness. You want people thinking outside the box. So um, in our unfortunately abbreviated time, let's start with the Bradys, the Brady Bunch, um, the story of a blended family. That's very much a um, a part of foster care and um, caring for youth who had to leave their birth families. The Bradys, and Ray, you you know much more about the Bradys than I do. Um, A blended family who put the fun in functional. No matter matter that behind the scenes, dad was gay and number one son hit on mom. I don't know. I'm reading this from from TV Guide. Um, They taught us important lessons like don't play ball in the house. And I always think of poor Alice. Um, uh, she was the uh, Schenectady's own, uh, Ann B. Davis. Alice, uh, the housekeeper, the cook, the whatever. She was loyal, hardworking, but I don't think she got much love. Uh, I mean, in that series, she was not. she was not able to be her true lesbian self. What do you think of the Brady Bunch? Ray. Oh, it was way ahead of its time. I got in trouble recently for 
posting that uh, that was the first time, and I had read this, that, uh, you know, a couple actually was in bed together, and that was not true at all. It goes all the way back to the late 40s or 50s in an obscure show, and there there were others. I mean, I Love Lucy, and they, they had their beds side by side, but they were actually, I guess it's arguable, but it's definitely not the Bradys who were the first. And But th- with that said, it was 1969, and, and, you know, they slept in the same bed. It was a blended family. Um, it was... And the whole idea that uh, Alice had to call Mr. and Mrs. Brady by their <laughs> full formal name said something. But uh, with that, you know, th- there's a lot you could take out of there. The show was never did more than crack the top 30. It was never in the top 10. And yet it's probably the most remembered, one of the most remembered sitcoms. It certainly has one of the top five, um, you know, theme songs as far as who can sing it right up there with the Beverly mm-hmm. Hillbillies or Gilligan's Island. So it's enduring. And it, 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 I don't think this show will ever go away. It's, it, it can get hokey and people can laugh at the clothes. But um, there were fundamental values. I mean, um, I, I know you know that uh, Mr. Brady, I'm trying to think of his real name, um, who was actually gay. Um, you all have to help me out here. Um, yeah. You know, thought that it was it was an inanely stupid. What, what was the dad's real name? I'm sorry. Um, I'm 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 at a blank right now, but I'll find it. Oh, right, we're having our blanks here. But anyway, the important thing is that he was he was gay in real life, and and he was quite a serious uh, actor. I think he did some Shakespearean plays, and he thought it was inanely stupid, but he made a lot of money off of it from '69 to '74. Uh, and and yeah. uh, you know, Robert, Henry Robert and Reed. Thank you, Robert God, Reed. for my sanity. Yeah. Robert Reed. And he took the kids and, uh, and and both all the kids, you know, on trips uh, in the off season. And there were no complaints about him. I mean, that growing up, Brady is a book that I, I will admit that I have. And I I learned that uh, Christopher Reeve or not Christopher Reeve, um, the the one that played Bobby um, was a nudist. And they had to keep him covered up because he had propensity for leaving the the boys had one room dressing room, the girls had one, and then each of the stars' parents had one. But um, and, and again, I'm, I'm forgetting who it is. The one that played uh, um, Peter. Uh, well, it was I'm an interesting. They, they, again, we're real sharp for our names today. But anyway, the middle male child. Uh, was had to be kept yeah. covered because that's the way he was raised as a nudist. But a lot of stuff like that. And the the date he went out with, you know, with uh, the mom was not a serious one. She she went along with it. So it was a pretty pretty innocuous. But at the same time, um, you know, that was '69. And how much before that was the nurse was it was Gloria? Was wasn't it Gloria? Where's the the black uh, nurse for the old, the curmudgeonly old doctor was on, and the South almost melt had a meltdown because uh, I'm sure it was Gloria um, in that sitcom. She was portrayed as a working woman who stood up to her boss, who happened to be a physician, and she was a nurse. Mm-hmm. Um, so when you think of that, was maybe a year before, uh, two at most, and the Brady Bunch was definitely. Um, Breaking it wasn't in terms of racial norms, but in terms of blended families, they weren't smiled upon in my time, David. And I'm 70, so yeah. you know when I looked at these as a single-digit kid in the 50s, 
blended families or, you know, divorce in in and of itself was thought to be, uh, you know, something that only happened in Hollywood. So, yeah, the Brady Bunch was there. It's not the Bradys are not my favorite couple. If you want to move along on that, they're not my favorite parents, but I like them. You got one to throw on okay. the table? Well, no, I. You know, that's just a show that I, I, for one reason or another, I just didn't pay attention to. I I think it was, uh, well, by choice, but maybe I was in school, and um, but I, I do want to move on to one of your favorites, one of my favorites, um, the Andy Griffith show. Um, and we can, I, I still watch it. I just think it's so well done, so well timed. And here's a family and, and, uh, I mean, um, not a conventional family. Andy Griffith is the sheriff. He's a widower, got a young boy. They never really mentioned what happened to the, the mother, uh, you have more details on this than I do, but you, they brought in uh, Aunt B, Francis Favier, who was an aunt, uh, uh, well, obviously, Aunt B, and she, she was the uh, caretaker, but a little more. She was, she was sort of emotional. She had a private life. They were always trying to date her, uh, have her go on dates, um, but um, she had a special friend, Miss Clara. Um, so, Ray, why do you the Andy Griffith Show is still popular? I, I, I mean, I, I can't. Other than it's just quality, well done, um, uh, funny in the right spot, uh, not threatening. Um, what are your thoughts on, on Andy Griffith? <laughs> And that show. I too, I too share your feelings. And you know, we looked at the ratings. Ryan Smith on my show, who does that kind of things, and it's the most re- quote unquote repeatable show there is. Um, you know, they get the highest amount of money for advertising because you can put that on at any time of the day, and it will work. Something like Welcome Back, Carter just crashed and burned. I Love Lucy doesn't have the pull that it did. I mean, it's grown old, um, but not Andy Griffith. I mean, even though it started in 60 and went to 68 prior to maybe our RFD when it segued, when Andy and Al, um, and Helen got married, um, the why, I think, is something I experienced. People thought when I was a professor and department chair at the university that I was either a widower or I was a divorced father. And I had a picture of myself and my partner's son, on my desk, and that's all it took. And that persona was something that that profile was loved. They they had they felt something in their hearts for a dad, a single dad, bringing up bringing up a child. And uh, I think that had something to do with it. And Aunt B got to you know get into the mix, get into the equation, and it's and then you throw in the foil uh, Don Knotts. And Andy thought the the show was done when they took Gomer out, and then the next year they took off, they took out our Don Knotts quit, and um, you know maybe our, our uh, Gomer Pyle uh, was was a new uh, show for for the year before for Gomer, and it didn't. They put in a, a cast of what they call rich characters. You had Howard Sprague, who I said was the first gay character on Andy Griffith, and then you had uh, you know. Goober and um, uh, Floyd the Barber was segued into Emmett Clark, who was the uh, the handyman. 
So again, okay. rich characters and and a dad with a, a single dad, a single dad, I think, yeah. really plays well. And I think Eddie Griffith's uh, private persona came through. Uh, I mean, I later learned he was a, he was a very liberal uh, person, very gregarious. And somebody told me years ago in show business, a friend of mine was a, a radio announcer, and he he talked with. Cousin Brucie, of all people, who worked at the same station with him. And uh, Cousin Brucie said, always be yourself. If you fake it, people can smell it. And um, and I think with Andy Griffith, he was that person. He was honest. He was, he was straightforward. Um, and always, uh, tell me if you agree with this. I just think he was like a Greek chorus, just sort of watching everything, being bemused by it, and and he really was the charm in the show. You know, he was never judgmental. Um, he would have a temper, but he would always forgive. I think he was the rock of that show. Uh, what do you think, Chris? Oh, I, I absolutely agree. And he was, except there was only one racial comment, and it, it actually is there in the first season where – Somebody he said says to him, "There are some there are some darkies down by the uh, and a, and a day a, a time of blackface here that we're talking about some darkies down by yeah. the river, but that that really went again. People were surprised that he let that go by, but of course it was 1960. But he was a very well educated, very liberal man who, um, yeah, I would say all the above and more uh, that you mentioned. And I, I think I I saw this weekend he was really he. He he knew that town. He was from, I mean, there was no literal Mayberry, but um, our friend Lisa Nixon would know. And if she's listening, hi, Lisa. Uh, she couldn't make it this week. She's uh, under the weather. But um, Andy was, uh, Andy Griffith was from that town. He knew the way people thought. He knew, he spoke the way people spoke. Um, and it's it just, it's just quality stuff, and um, you see people's foibles, and uh, it seems to be always interesting, but never threatening. And um, I call it comfort TV, which means it's not the modern case of binge watching uh, all these episodes of shows I've never heard of I'm on networks I've never heard of. Um, it, it was a different world back then, and. Uh, to the few went the spoils, and Andy Griffith really deserved uh, for uh, uh, to be remembered for a show like this. It's just just quality, and if people haven't of another people of another generation haven't seen it, it's, it holds up. It is it is as modern as I mean the values are are as modern as 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 ever, and uh, and um, I really really have. Highly recommend it. I, it comes on, a, and I, I just put things down and watch it. It's just, it's just really quality stuff. Um, so, Ray, let's move on. The Cleavers. Leave it to Beaver. Despite the surname, Ward, June, and sons Wally and Theodore, also known as the Beaver, could never be cleaved. You don't have to be a suck-up like Eddie Haskell to pay them a compliment. As nuclear families go, they were the bomb. Um, 
this is another well, well done show from my early youth, and um, it it just worked. It, it it you know something like Father Knows Best was a snoozer for me. Some of the fifties sitcoms I just left me left me boring bored, but not the not Leave It to Beaver, not the Cleavers. There was the humor was unbelievable. The 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 writing was always interesting. The characters were interesting. I mean, uh, uh, Eddie Haskell was was classic. The the way he played off with Mrs. Cleaver and even Ward, father, is this pompous um, guy. Not pompous, but very conservative. Um, uh, he 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 would get off zingers here and there. I mean, these are people. This was this was done and acted by people who knew their craft, and the Beaver was was uh, just part of it. I mean, he 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 just was. I think of Ronnie Howard in 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 um, Mayberry in, in in the Andy Griffith show. A young actor, but just top notch. What do you think of the Cleavers, Ray? Leave it to be. Well, I, I was a huge fan of, of the Leave it to be, especially as the later seasons came along, uh, because they let the kids grow a little. I mean, they got into trouble, uh, uh, you know, buying a battery and putting thing on a, things on a credit card and learning how to drive and buying a car. It was a reality base there. And it, my mother used to go crazy about how June Cleaver always had her hair done and came down and did the cleaning in a fully dressed like she was going to a ball. And and it, that probably was the most uh, you know unrealistic. But the kids were a rich bunch of characters. I mean, Lumpy had his flaws. Obviously, Eddie was the ne'er do well. <laughs> and um, it, 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 it was Whitey. I mean, with it was good. Whitey. <laughs> yeah, but uh, it, it's just the way June Cleaver would call B by his full name. Well, Clarence. <laughs> What do you think? <laughs> I mean, it was, it was, there were no affectations in it. And yet it was, it wasn't, it wasn't boring. It was, it was clever and, and just so well done. And, and this is, again, this is a traditional family. Um, but uh, catch it if you can. I mean, leave it to Beaver. And Ray, I want to try to sneak in one more in the, in the four minutes we have left. But um, let's go for the Adams family, um, which was on really briefly in the 60s. Uh, Goma, Mor- Goma, Gomez, Morticia, and the altogether Uki gang, who started out as uh, uh, Charles Adams' New Yorker drawings, didn't leave us in the lurch, providing the design for cartoonish clans to come, like the, the Flintstones and the Simpsons. But I think we voted at one time the Adam, uh, Morticia Adams as our foster mother of the year, uh, our TV foster mother, uh, because of her quirkiness. You know, she'd cut the flowers and save the stems and throw out the flowers, you know, and um, uh, always wore black. And, and, you know, Fred's attitude was, uh, you know, the quirkier the better. You, need, you know, you're dealing with uh, foster kids who are facing a really tough situation, uh, they're not with their biological families, which is really, really tough. And gay youth are stress on steroids is 
what we've called it. And um, so the Adamses, I think, would be very adjustable. They had Pugsley and Wednesday, uh, who couldn't have been uh, more quirky in themselves. But they stuck together as a unit. And 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 uh, Gomez and his love for Morticia, well, that's beyond compare. Uh, oh, it, they were when when there was a problem with the school, the family band together and they dealt with the school board. I mean, you can't quarrel with their parenting skills. They love those two kids, and they the whole family oh, gathered around. Yeah, and what what was it? Over the teach. Okay, well, well, we're we're gonna have to wrap things up here, but I've enjoyed it. I, I mean, this is, uh, you know, we gotta have some fun uh, in these these. Uh, I think Trump is become gonna become a, a a synonym for gloom and and and, and doom. But um, you know, we have these these friends on TV and this. These are really well done programs, and um, Ray, I want to thank you for your time. And I uh, didn't give you your props. You you uh, are the uh, grand poopa of Homo Radio Sunday mornings, ninety uh, ninety one point five in the Albany Choice Connect area, WCI.org, everywhere in the internet, and visit us at a thousand moms dot org. A thousand moms dot org. We got books. We need your support. Click the donate bar, and we'll send you a book on uh, on your health. So thanks everybody for listening. Thank you, Ray, and we'll talk You're to welcome. you next time. Take care. Bye bye.